Hey everybody, on today's show, I'm talking with one of my friends, Al Cavadlo. Now, I've talked to Al quite a few times in the past. This time around, it's pretty exciting because we're going to be talking about his new book, Zen Mind, Strong Body. Now, I've been in Japan for quite a while, and Zen is something that I've studied pretty much the entire time that I've been here in Japan. So, it's really great to be able to talk about this with Al and hear his perspective on things. Uh, we talk about training, we talk about nutrition, and we talk about life. Hey, 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 what's up, my friend Al? How you doing, man? Hey, 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 what's up, Ryan? Nothing much, man. I'm so happy to have you on here. Going to be talking about your new book, Little Zen Mind, Strong Body. You know, we've talked so many times before, it's, it's, uh, it's always good to come back and, and have a chat with you. Always a pleasure. You know, this time around, I think it's really cool, too, because your new book, I think it's pretty special, uh, the fact that you've taken a lot of your articles, some of your best articles, 26 of them, and you put them together into this in this format. And actually, just before the interview, of course, we were talking about kind of how you laid that out. And I love it how you split it up into three sections. And uh, just such good information in there. And uh, let's talk about it today. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, name of the book, Zen Mind, Strong Body, uh, like I mentioned before, 26 articles, and something else that I really love is is the intro. You had this guy, what's his name, Mike Fitch. Perfect. Thank you guys are, are familiar with each other's work, right? <laughs> yeah, Mike and I are really good buddies too, so it was really, really cool to see that Mike did the intro on that. Uh, it's always good to see see all of us supporting one another and, and more importantly, having fun with what we're doing. And, Absolutely. Um, grateful to have him on board. It's, it's such a neat guy, yeah. So, you know, going into the Zen part of it, you know, I've been in Japan now over 20 years uh, and came over for the martial arts. And within that, with my swordsmanship, with uh, Kendo and the Ido and everything, studying Zen, meditation side of it, is a big part of my life. And I was really happy to see you come out with this book, and especially with the title. And, you know, there's a lot of different books out there that, that, talk about Zen and they go into some, you know, the mindset of things. And I like how you keep it simple here. And, and when you're talking about something, if, and if I may, I'm going to go ahead and read something that you, that you wrote in there, basically right what it is about your book. And so, cause a lot of people might, might see the title and become a little confused about it. And I like how you summed it up here. It said, when you're completely focused on your training, the division between body and mind breaks down and everything else seems to fall away. This is what I'm referring to when I talk about Zen mind. And I really like that because I think a lot of people have this misconception of Zen and a meditation of that you have to completely clear your mind and, and you shouldn't be thinking about anything. When in fact, I believe that it's more about pulling the focus back to exactly what you're doing and having this mindfulness of being in the moment. And you do talk about that a lot in your book, which I like, especially one of the phrases when we get into part three is when you talk about be here now. And I just love that. If you can tell us a little bit about, about the focus of your book, about really why did you write this? Why are you putting these articles together for all of us? Well, you know, Ryan, I'm really glad that you read that quote. That's one of my, I think that's one of the most important lines in the book. And it's, it's one of those things, there's so much emphasis in mainstream fitness on the goal, on getting to this end point. 
And so many people get lost in actually enjoying the moment. They're so hung up on the results. So that was really the, the impetus to, to put this together. And that's such a big part of my fitness philosophy is being present for the experience itself and being uh, able to appreciate it and enjoy it for what it is rather than just seeing it as a means to the end. And I think the only way, the irony of it, is when people aren't thinking about the goal so much and they focus on the process, lo and behold, you get in better shape. Exactly. And when people are so hung up on the goal, sometimes that causes them to get frustrated and derailed and then they never get any progress at all. So I'm just trying to get people to, to focus on be, being present for their workout and doing it to do it. It's so great. You know, in GMB, we talk about mindfulness all of the time and, and there really isn't something that shouldn't be mindful. And so even if it's, you know, just the pull-up, and I say just the pull-up, like it's, you know, nothing. But, you know, being in the moment and really feeling about what's going on instead of just focusing on trying to crank out 10 reps or something like that. You know, just like what you said, the goal, it's great to have the goal, but focusing on the process. And when you focus on the process, you'll actually get that goal. You know, something right in the beginning of your book, one of your first articles was talking about why you don't make New Year resolutions. And I think this is great. You know, it's the time of the year. It's January right now and everybody's wanting that new body and they want to maybe focus on particular skills. I want to get the plant or I want to get something, you know. Why don't you do New Year resolutions? Well, you know, it's one of those things that the whole calendar is kind of just a, a made up thing so that we can know, okay, I'm going to meet you at this day on this time so we could arrange to do a podcast like this. <laughs> just a beautiful thing. Otherwise, we yeah. wouldn't have been able to coordinate it. But people take that good idea too far and they turn to this thing, well, okay, I'm going to start working out in two weeks and in the meantime, I'm just going to stuff my face and sit on my butt. And that's crazy. It's like every day is an opportunity and your body doesn't know if it's January 1st or December 20th or whatever day it is, it responds to the stimuli that it's given. So you want to give your body the stimulus that's going to keep you growing and keep you healthy and keep you strong no matter what day it is. So the other thing with those New Year's resolutions is, and it's, it's, it's a cliche and everyone knows it, no one sticks to it. Right. You know, so you, you, you can't think that magically, oh, January 1st is going to hit and suddenly I'm going to have this willpower that I don't have now. It's like you've got to really take a good hard look at yourself no matter what day it is, and say, hey, what consequences are your actions going to reap? And are those the consequences you want? And if not, you've got to reevaluate what you're doing. That's so good, man. I mean, this, is, this, this year, I don't really have any resolutions as well. Uh, a couple of years ago, I started January 1st. I was like, I'm going to get the one-arm handstand. And, and I did, but you know, nowadays, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's just focusing on every single day and appreciating every single day and being in the here and now and, and just continuing with it. And, and also understanding that we're not perfect, that we might make mistakes. We shouldn't beat ourselves up over it. We should just be mindful of what we're doing, move on. And, you know, we'll go into it in a little bit when we're talking about food, a lot of the things that you said as far as being here now. But, you know, I think it comes down to something else that you brought up, and that's you get questions and people say, well, how do I get better? Well, there's only really one answer, right? Practice. Getting into the practice side of it, what would you do as far as if you're wanting to go to a new goal or a new skill or you have some sort of goal, yeah, you practice. What kind of mindset would you have for that? 
Well, you know, the, the thing is, you, you want to break these skills down. I know that's something you do a lot with gold medal bodies. It's something we do with PCC, yeah. saying, hey, the end goal is a one-arm pull-up or a pistol squat. But where you're at now, that's not realistic. So the step that's more realistic for you today is to do a box pistol or an Australian one-arm pull-up or a one-arm flex hang or whatever, or whatever may be appropriate. And you do that and you do it the best you can do it. And then as you get stronger, eventually the, the next step kind of becomes available to you, and then you can continue to pursue that goal. There's a, there's a quote, it's probably been attributed to a few different people, but the quote is something like, uh, faith is taking the first step even though you can't see the whole staircase. And that's kind of what you have to do in, in these kind of progressions, is you just you, you go on the step that you're at, and the next step will, will be there when you're ready to take it. So well put. Yeah, I think so many people actually try and force it, and and for one, like we're talking about, they kind of lose the real meaning of actually practicing something. But you know, when things are forced, typically it doesn't happen. And so a big thing with me is just letting go, and saying, you know, yes, I do have this goal here, but let go of that goal in order to focus on uh, what I'm doing right now and practicing it, making sure that you're practicing at a level that's good for you. Because, I mean, let's be honest, we see a lot of people out there trying to do things that they're really not ready for. And yeah. the, the ego gets in the way, right? Because, mm. oh, yeah, you know, I'm strong enough. I, I should be able to do this. But, you know, we, we see it all the time. And, I mean, you know, not just, not just for example, in, in the bodyweight calisthenics world that we're in, but, you know, bodybuilding it could be at work it could be anywhere where people have this ego and they let that ego kind of drive them instead of letting go of that and really focusing on what they're doing and maybe yeah. the other thing that starts to happen i found when you get into some of these advanced skills handstands you know etc is the more you practice them the more you realize how much is involved how many subtle nuances there are and it starts reminding you, like, wow, I thought I understood this, but there's so much more to still learn about this. And that's, you know, that's the beginner's mind, and that's a big thing I talk about in the book, too, is not getting too attached to this idea, like, okay, I know how to do this, I know what this is, but constantly approaching with humility. Yeah, every single session, you know, humility and going in with that beginner's mindset. You know, one of the stories, uh, or articles, pardon me, in the book, uh, talking about perception and, and similar to what we were just talking about and perceiving that maybe something should be a particular way. Maybe you think you should be able to get right. an exercise, right? Or even um, that you should look a particular way. For example, in the book, uh, you, when you first started off, um, I believe it, was, it, was in, it wasn't in New York City. It was at a different gym. Um, I got my career in personal training started in Chicago at a place called Lakeshore Athletic Club. And you basically just covered yourself up because you didn't want anybody to have a particular perception of you because you have tattoos. So uh, I got, got, got a lot of tattoos here. And, you know, my first job as a personal trainer, and I was a little bit concerned that people were going to say, whoa, I don't want this freaky tattooed guy training me. He's kind of scary. So I kind of tried to look a little bit more, um, you know, just like a regular straight-laced kind of guy. Just like and, me, right? Uh, yeah. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, o over time, you know, as, as I talked about in the book, I, as I got more comfortable in, in my skin, so to speak, and yeah. began just kind of being who I was, that actually ultimately wound up being more of a draw for people because people were like, oh, this guy's kind of interesting. He's got a cool look and he's got stories. And, you know, it's 
the moral is be yourself, right? <laughs> right exactly. And, and that's, and that's the thing too, you know, it's where, you know, I hate to keep coming back to the ego part of it, but there's a lot of people who, who tell us that we should be a particular way or act a particular way or even yeah. do particular exercises. Maybe we don't even want to do. And so what I love about you is, is you're your own person and, and you do things your own way, and you tell people to do that too. And I think that's so refreshing because there's so many people out there who say, well, you have to be able to do this, and this is one exercise that you can, or you should be doing, and you shouldn't do anything else unless you do this. And it's just great to see that, that you encourage people so much and you give them this positive way of looking at things that goes way beyond the ego. And, uh, I mean, I think the smile. With you, this is, this is interesting. I've always thought it's... Yeah, you've got a lot of tattoos, and, and I think they're great, but it's that smile, and you just see that, that energy and that positiveness coming out of you every time. In, the, in your new book, uh, you know, what we're talking about right now, Zen Mind, Strong Body, the photos are always great. I always love those nice. photos, and I ask you every time, I, you know, I know that you say that you don't have a professional photographer doing this, but, I mean, is that your brother? This 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 book I, I did work with a couple of pro oh, photographers. You did? Okay. I, you know, I, I have worked with a few pro photographers in the past, but I'm kind of always, and I guess this is just the modern world. Also, you're just you're always ready for a photo opportunity right. at any moment. Like, oh, there's a really cool statue. Let me climb up and do a human flag on it or whatever. Exactly. So you've got to just be ready to go. So yeah, a lot a lot of those photos were taken by a lot of different people. And yeah, my brother Danny took a bunch of them. And but but I did have a couple of, of really great photographers that I was really fortunate to work with on that. You know, the, the, the photo that's on the cover of that book was taken by a guy named Michael Alago, who's a really talented dude. And you know, that photo kind of was partially the impetus to even put this book together. You know, I had this, this title, Zen Mind, Strong Body, that uh, uh, a friend of mine, Andrew Tanner, had suggested a long time ago as a possible idea for a workshop name. And you know, we wound up doing this whole PCC thing and that's been going really well and we're happy with that, but I always had that Zen mind, strong body kind of floating around in the back of my mind, like that's a really good name for something. Yeah. And then I, I, I did this photo session with, uh, with Michael Lago, and we did this great photo where I, he, want, he was like, do this like prayer hands thing, it'll look really good. And I kind of had that photo, and I had this idea, and I had an I idea that I wanted to put a book like this together. You know, I'd been like, wow, I've had my blog for six years now, I've got a lot, like hundreds of articles, some better than others, but some really good ones that are kind of getting lost in the mix. And I want to put them out in a way that they'll kind of be permanently out yeah. there and not just lost in the ether of the internet. And so all those three things kind of coalesced, like here's this title, here's this image, here's this book idea, and it's just like boom. And it was, it was just a beautiful thing. The universe, I feel like, just kind of served it right up to me. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Just everything comes together. And, you know, it's good when that just happens. So, yeah, that was, that was like a zen-like thing in itself. It's very cool. And it's, <laughs> and it's simple. The simplicity of it, you see it too. And so... You know, and really everything that you do, even like when you said when you're taking pictures, it's kind of like, okay, well, let's take a picture right now. I'm ready to do it. Keeping things simple. And something you wrote in your book too, another quote, you know, don't make your life any more complicated than it has to be. And that's a great way to look at, you know, from training to, to diet to just whatever you do. And uh, I love it. It's going a little bit. It's too complicated. You know, they don't yeah. want to accept the easy answer. I want to talk to you, or I want to ask you a little bit about how you mentally deal with, with injuries. And this is something, you know, you talk about injuries in your book, but, you know, what are some things 
that you kind of deal with and, and physically, yeah, you know, you got to work around the injury and we know that you're not really going to push through the pain, but, but more of the mental side of it, you, you know, when you have an injury, how do you sort of deal with it? Well, you know, like you said, you, you work around it. If your wrist is bugging you, it's kind of an opportunity to put more emphasis on your legs or if you have an issue, then you can work on shoulder mobility or whatever's going on in your body. There's always going to be an area that is uh, safe, and healthy enough to work and improve on. So sometimes you kind of look at it as an opportunity, like, oh, you know, I have this opportunity now to really focus on my legs because I have an issue going off my upper body. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it, it comes back to that day-to-day philosophy and that being in the moment with it and accepting things for what they are and not getting angry about it or getting frustrated saying, oh, it's supposed to be like this and not... Now that it's not like that, I'm all worked up and upset. It's just, okay, this is what I have to work with. So I'm going to do the best with what I got to work with rather than complaining that I don't have more. Because we always can see the glasses half empty or half full. It's kind of a cliche. But, uh, but a, a lot of life is, is up to us how we choose to uh, relate to our circumstances. Mm-hmm. So related to circumstances actually takes us into the next, next thing that I wanted to talk about was your experience with your triathlon. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I, my first triathlon, I, I've only done two, but the first one I did was as a freshman at university and uh, I'll tell you what, you know, you kind of go into blind thinking, oh yeah, no problem. I can do this. And, and, and you train for it and you know, the physical, the physical part of it, you know, not necessarily a problem, but once you get in the water with all those people. And you can't see anything, and you're getting kicked in the face, and you know your goggles are coming off, and then you got to get out of the water, and you know you're just all kinds of messed up in the head. It can be tough, and I just remember I I thought I was prepared, but mentally I wasn't, and that was a big eye opener for me. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your experience though with triathlon? You know, it's it's funny. I had almost the opposite experience because I had a lot of friends who'd done triathlon. Uh-huh who were kind of giving me these horror stories about, like, oh, yeah, this guy elbowed me in the face, and my goggles fell off, and I was, like, fighting to put them back on, and there was a shark chasing me, and I got a flat tire on the bike ride, and I broke my leg on the run, and all these horrible things that could go wrong. So I was really prepared for the worst. So I kind of felt like, and, you know, this is something I talk about a little bit in the book, how when I was pacing myself during that race, I really took it easy because I was so afraid of all these things that might go wrong. And I was like, I just want to finish in one piece. I just want to finish in one piece. And then, of course, I, I did finish. And then I felt like, well, I should have pushed it a little bit harder. I was so, you know, t- pensive about so, so much of it. But uh, it, was, it was a great experience. And, you know, doing something like, like any sort of endurance challenge, a triathlon, a marathon, whatever it may be, it's such a great mental yes. exercise more than a physical one. And you learn so much about yourself. And it really, it kind of becomes a form of meditation, when you're on those long runs or those long swims, and like you said, you're, you're in the pool or you're in open water and the visibility is terrible. And it's really, it goes back to what we were saying before about taking that step, even though you can't see the whole staircase. You can only see five feet ahead of you and you just you keep swimming. And you're just one stroke at a time, one breath at a time. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, that, and being on those endurance, like for example, a run, I really love, I used to, I don't do it really much anymore, but running in the mountains. And uh, now if I have time, I just go hiking in the mountains. But you know, I was running, and when I was in an endurance race, I just remember that it does, you do kind of get into this, 
this mindfulness, you know, that meditation of just focusing on putting one foot in front of the other, and you fall into that groove. A lot of people call it the flow, you know, runner's high, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, you know, if we can take that that feeling and really incorporate more into our everyday life, with which what you're talking about here in your book, with your training, everything, I think that we'd be so much better off for it. And um, that's what I just love about your book. Um, you know. Skill work too. Let's be honest, you and I, we're into skills. We love sure. learning new skills, right? And so having that mind any yeah. stronger at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. It's kinda like, you know, hey, whatever, you know. <laughs> the skill work as far as approaching that. And uh you can talk a little bit about that. You've got some great programming in your book uh to help people to get places and we talked a little bit about it, but skill work, how do you approach a particular skill in your case? Well, you know, it's just one of those things we're talking about this a little bit earlier. You just have to be patient and respectful and see it as a journey and not be attached to, I'm going to get this move by next Friday or next month or the end of the year or whenever it may be. Because that timeline might ultimately set you up for disappointment. So it's one of those things you kind of want to, you want to have high aspirations, but you want to have realistic expectations. Yes. So you just, you enjoy the, the process. If you get a little bit better, and then next week, maybe you regress a little bit. You know, you kind of just take that in stride and just understand it's a big picture thing. You know, think, some, I'm sorry, go ahead. Although, otherwise, you drive yourself crazy. You get frustrated. I mean, here's, here's the thing with goals. What happens when you achieve a goal? You want a new one, right? Like that. Okay, I could do a handstand. Now I want to do a one-arm handstand. Okay, I could do a one-arm stand. Now I want to do a one-arm handstand push-up. Whatever it is, there's always going to be a carrot dangling at that end of the stick that you're going to want to keep chasing. So you have to realize the futility in it. And you keep the chase up, but you realize, well, I'm going to get that. I'm going to want something else. So you kind of have to just keep that in the back of your mind. The, the, the thing itself isn't really the thing. There's always something else kind of hiding behind it. It's the, that game of black and white. It's what you know, Alan Watts calls it. I don't know if you've yeah, read about him, yeah, but I know yeah, you're the same guy. Yes, yes. So good. I mean, and it all comes back to being here now, uh, you know, what you talk yeah. about all the time in your book. And, you know, not just skill work. Of course, you know, nutrition is the same thing. You know, you can stuff your face with with crap and, um, you know. And you got the, the consequences, exactly, though. You know. <laughs> you know, go, and, and since we're just kind of talking about nutrition, <clears throat> you know, as far as being here now, what, because you, your approach to food and everything is pretty simple. And so you can either choose to stuff your face full of crap, but it, but if you get on yourself thinking, oh, I don't have the body that I want, and I don't know why I don't have it, you know, kind of thing, it, it all comes back to, you know, unrealistic outcomes. So what would you suggest for a person, you know, who who might want to change up their nutrition? And, and I don't even want to say change up the nutrition because let's be honest, most of the people that come to us are, are saying, okay, I want to lose a little bit of weight or something like that, you know? Sure. How do you go about that? People often are not honest with themselves. And I think that's the first thing that people have to do is really take a good, hard look at what they're really putting in their bodies and then assess from there. And it's just, there's, you can, you can tell when someone's lying to you. We've all, as trainers, have had those clients who come in week after week and they're like, yeah, I've been eating really clean and had a salad today and a piece of grilled chicken I don't know why I'm not losing weight. And it's like, well, maybe there was something else. What did? What about those ten beers you didn't tell me about? And then talk to cake, or sneakily eating you thought no one saw. Like, 
You know, so people just, they, there's, there's, no, there's no secret out there. You know, it's just, you reap what you sow. And a lot of people are in denial about um, what they're doing to themselves. And, and sometimes it's not entirely people's fault because they're misled by the dietary industry. They're told absurd things like you should eat six meals a day. And, you know, this, this popcorn is fit popcorn and this is going to be good for you. So there's, there's a lot of really shady, misleading marketing. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of people who ought to know better who believe what they want to believe. It's like, oh, this popcorn's good for me. I'm not going to question that because I like thinking that popcorn's good for me. And, and, you know, really understanding where you are right now, too, I think. You know, you're saying that, too, and being here. And I think we all know what is good and what is bad for us. I mean, let's be honest. McDonald's is not good for you. you Yeah, it's it's one of those things... Like, like people who smoke cigarettes. You don't go up to someone and be like, smoking is bad for you. And they're like, really? It's bad? I should quit. It's like everyone who's a smoker knows it's bad. They're addicted to it. They're going through whatever they're going through. And it's the same thing with, with food. It's like people know they're making bad choices, but it's a deeper problem than just understanding that this isn't a, a healthy thing to eat. So it's, you know, the whole dietary nutritional thing is something I try not to get too deep into. Like, it's almost a whole separate right. Thing from what we do, you know, we're we're here to teach people calisthenics. Yeah, how to do cool shit. You know? And it's like <laughs> go go see a dietitian, but inevitably those questions constantly come up, and it, it's it's unavoidable. So that's part of why I wanted to talk about some of that stuff in this book. Really, a big part of why I wanted to put this book together is there's so many questions I'm continually asked that haven't really been addressed in my other books yet, and I wanted the chance to like officially and formally put it out there like this is my stance on diet or cardio or a lot of the other things that I, I get into in there. Uh, good stuff. And, and I like how you separate it into the three sections. Uh, it's it's an easy read because, well, it's you. And I love it because it's so personable. As you know, you, your examples that you give, bringing it back and showing examples of what you've gone through mm-hmm. and showing that you're not perfect as well, you know, which I think is great because a lot of people well, out there look at, you know, trainers mm-hmm. and think, oh, this trainer is just the most perfect person in the world. And, you know, when he farts, he farts, you know, unicorns right. that with rainbows and, you know, whatever, you know. But that would be kind of tough to fart a unicorn. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I think it's good because we bring it down to a level that it's simple in the sense that not necessarily easy, you make things easy, but it's simple. And as long as you keep things simple but continue to practice, you show that you can get there. And do it in a way that's not going to drive you crazy. So Zen Mind, baby, that's where it's at, yeah. So some final advice for us, some Zen words of Zen. You said something a minute ago that I wanted to come back to as a final thought. You know, people are always comparing each other to other people. And you always compare your inner world to someone's outward presentation. So you see someone on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, sharing all these pictures. Look how awesome my life is. Look how great everything is. And you're just seeing these little snapshots that they want you to see. But you don't really know what's going on in their inner world. But you know what's going on in your inner world. And you have these insecurities. And you think, man, that person seems so happy and perfect. And they're not insecure. And they never go through any of this because they're not publicly showing it to you. But everybody feels all those things. And it's it's, it's universal. And people need to understand that whatever they're going through that everyone's gone through it at some point and, and that they're not alone and that they're not the only one. 
and that, you know, there's other people out there, whether you need help with, with fitness or your diet or whatever it is, you know, put it out there and you might be surprised what you get in return. Love it. Be real. Be true to yourself. Love it, man. Right on. Represent. Keeping it real. Always such a pleasure talking with you, man. Book Zen Mind, Strong Body. Check it out. We'll have all the links, everything uh, for you to order from Al. Thanks again, man. Really. I always learn something new when I talk to you. So uh, thanks for My being pleasure. you, man. Thanks for being you. My pleasure. We're working out. We're working out. I love it. All right, man. Thanks again. All right. For more great info, join us over at gmb.io. And be sure to check us out on iTunes and YouTube.